franchise soul is Drew Gutierrez, David Dennis Jr., Mina Kimes. NFL news of the day. Joe Burrow practicing. His first practice yeah. since his calf strain. Bengals season back on. And also Jonathan Taylor. Why the Dolphins refused. I have an update on that. Let's go. Jonathan Taylor not getting traded, not for lack of try, so to speak. Report that the Packers made an offer for Taylor. And they report that Miami was also interested, and that had a lot of smoke over the last week. Listen to what Indy wanted, according to Barry Jackson. Indy wanted Jalen Waddell and more. Wow. Dolphins GM Chris Greer at a podium today saying, Waddle's not available to anybody. So now Taylor remains a Colt, which would sound like good news for Colts fans, but no, physically unable to perform this means he can't play for them for the first four weeks, no matter what. Does it seem like there's a shrinking chance he'll ever play for them again? We bring in Mina Kimes now. Break it all down for us. Mina? Well, let's uh, start with the rumored trade proposal. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the Colts asking for the moon. And yes, Jalen Waddell is a significantly more valuable player than Jonathan Taylor. So that would be asking for the moon, even if they weren't asking for picks on top of that. Uh, but it does suggest to me that they are somewhat unserious when it comes to actually doing a trade. And that's where this gets kind of complicated and a little confusing, because if the Colts aren't serious about trying to seek a trade, what do they want? What do they think is the best case outcome here? I po pose that as a question because I don't think there's a clear answer. They might be hoping that they can mend fences with Jonathan Taylor and maybe even get a deal done at some point, which seems increasingly unlikely given all the bad blood. Or they're hoping that after his time on the pup list, he returns so that he can be active for some amount of time. The amount of time required is, by the way, unclear so that his contract doesn't toll. He gets paid, plays, maybe rebuilds his value. I don't know if that possibility is likely or even more valuable than any trade, but it seems to be what the Colts are betting on because I have yet to hear of a serious, realistic trade that they have considered. I want to get to David Dennis Jr. in a second, but let me ask a follow-up. Did you just say... It's unclear. The CBA is yeah. unclear about how yeah. long he has to sit out. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, so naturally, when you see a situation like this, you ask, okay, what leverage do the Colts have? Because typically when players hold out, we know they have to come back. Chris Jones being an example, he's going to have to play at some point, right? Because um, he is under contract with the Kansas City Chief. But with Jonathan Taylor and his injury, it is a little bit unclear at the moment how much he has to play, whether or not rather he has to be on the active, active roster, roster for X period of games. Yeah, sorry. Uh, this is something that really hasn't been tested that much. We're hearing different answers from different people. And I think that might be partially why this is going down this road, because I am guessing, Tony, that the Colts and Jonathan Taylor have different ideas of how many games that is. David Dennis Jr., your reaction to Miami's offer? Excuse me, I should say Indy's offer to Miami for Jalen Waddell or the fact that we're moving on with no Jonathan Taylor, at least the first month of the season. 
Yeah, let me get to my, Miami in a second. I'm going to start with this Colts thing. They've tied themselves in a knot that seems unavoidable. It seems pretty simple to me. This team is better with him. Five yards per carry when he's when he's on the field since 2020. Less than four when he's not on the field since 2020. You have a what you hope to be a franchise quarterback that will make his life easier by having Jonathan Taylor on the field to sort of, you know, distract from some of those hits and just see what you actually have with this pick. Now, what's interesting here is Miami. Of course, Waddle was never going to be part of that trade 1300 yards and eight uh touchdowns last season that was never going to happen but i'm interested in jonathan taylor miami fit here and if miami can make something work because this elevates their you know ability to go deeper in the playoffs they have a small window a couple years you got to see what you getting with Tua for these next couple years if you can work something out this could be a game changer for miami but the problem is the Colts are just making unrealistic trade requests is Gutierrez. Yeah, it seemed like a no harm, no foul sort of situation for Indianapolis. You've announced to the world, hey, this, vet, this player is not val- valuable enough to us to commit to a long-term contract. He clearly wants out. Well, he's hurt, so he's not actually sitting out. Let's just go see what we can get for him. And you take huge swings, and obviously you didn't, you didn't succeed. And I think what the best-case scenario for the Colts here is, because they're in this rebuild, because they're going with this young quarterback who they don't really know what he's going to give you even right off the bat, it could be a best-case scenario where you come off and maybe feel good about the beginning of your season. And Jonathan Taylor, because he has to prove himself if he is going to continue to go forward coming off of this injury, that, yeah, maybe they do have something good going in the players on the field just kind of keep it rolling and 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 they go that way and they deal with the Jonathan Taylor situation after the season because right now it's pretty clear they were trying for something big but have no real plan here and you know come week five when there is a situation where he's going to be on the active lift it's if he is ready to play it's going to create quite the situation for the team but for right now seems like the trade uh, the trade request was just kind of hey we I'm might hearing a lot of if he's ready to play he had off-season surgery but was there any suggestion that he was going to yeah. miss time because of that offseason surgery? I don't think anyone thought that was the case until the contract dispute came up. We'll bring in Frank Isola now. Yeah, but he's, but, but he's still coming off of ankle surgery, and you are talking about the running back position. And, oh, by the way, he is under contract. So right now he really doesn't have much leverage. I still think once we get to October, I think he will be traded. I think the Colts understand. They have to be realistic. They're the, I think they're the last team that did trade a number one pick when they got Trent Richardson back. Ended up playing about 25 games and, or 29 games and rushed for less than 1,000 yards. So teams just don't give up first-round picks for running backs. Realistically, can they get a second? Can they get a third? I think that will eventually be the resolution with Jonathan. Being a gut check. Is he playing for the Colts week five? It seems unlikely. He seems pretty dug in on this. All of the language coming out, everything that he has done this summer suggests that he does not want to play for this organization and will avoid it however possible. Um, I think Frank is right that that a trade could be possible once he comes back. But as far as the value of that trade, I have to think no team offered a second or higher now before the season when you get more games out of him. Not sure why a team would offer more unless they were desperate. And well, that's always the, the possibility. You lose your starting yeah. running back and your contender, and that's when it really becomes valuable. Yeah. Israel, I'll give you the last word, but we have to move on. 
Well, then, then what are we valuing running backs then? Because if you lose your starting running back, even if you are a team that has high aspirations, you could use your backup theoretically and not well, have to go after it. it it's always been a house of cards. The they just said, we don't value you, but we want a 1,300-8 touchdown receiver we who's uh, emerging as one of the great talents in that position. That's, that's what it is. We want the moon, but we don't value him uh, on this planet right now. We'll move on. Bengals. I got to talk about the Bengals because this is a site Cincy fans have been waiting for for over a month now. Joe Burrow on the field practicing. He had that calf strain at the end of July. Calf strains. I know everyone wants to be a doctor at some point. Oh, they linger, they linger. Well, here he is, 11 days from week one versus the Browns, and he is practicing. Frank, how encouraging is this? Are the high expectations the Bengals should have for themselves back on as we approach week one? I keep watching that clip of him walking into practice. He's kind of like me. He's tipping a little bit. I don't know if he's just trying to be cool or maybe the camp is really bothering him. But those videos that they're showing right now, that doesn't prove anything to me. I want to see when he's in a game and he has to plant his foot and he's trying to avoid the rush and maybe has to run out of the pocket. Remember, that's originally how he got hurt. So the big test is still going to be week one for Joe Burrow. But if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously you're not going anywhere without this guy. He's still due for a contract extension. He's going to get paid. It sounds like they were just protecting him at all costs during the preseason because nobody plays in the preseason. And practice doesn't even seem to be to mean that much. But it's great news to it's see him back there. You have the same expectation now that you had for the Bengals before the injury, now that you see him on the field? Yeah, I do. And I don't think they're throwing him out there just to save face. He's probably recovering at to the point where he should be out there doing whatever it is he's doing. I don't think this sort of yep. speaks to the fragility of Joe Burrow. It just kind of speaks to the fragility of the situation and maybe just how open that window is when you're going to have to pay that receiving core and Joe Burrow all at the same time and, you know, members of that defense. And so you start to wonder, wow, if he has a non-contact injury in July, yes, you better make sure that you take care of it and make sure that he's 1,000% ready come September because if, if he's not healthy, of course, the Super Bowl aspirations are gone. But if everybody's not healthy on this court, yeah, you're probably not going to make it because of the depth of that AFC conference. Something interesting just happened. We, we have video of Joe Burrow practicing for the first time in a month, and both Frank and Israel brought up the contract situation. So let me go to Mina now yeah. about what you're thinking seeing Burrow practice today, but does the contract play into this at all? I don't think it plays into him missing any amount of time. I think they just really wanted to be careful with that injury, and for good reason. I can talk about why it matters so much week one. But um, as far as his contract goes, you know, it is not immaterial that it has taken this long, that we are really staring down the barrel of the season, and the most obvious choice in football is yet to be resolved. I don't think it has uh, much to do with Burrow. We haven't really heard any leaks about him asking for anything crazy or any there being any distance between him and the franchise. I suspect it might be more the team trying to figure out, okay, how do we fit T. Higgins and all these other stars around Joe Burrow? Because this uh, front office's life is about to get much more difficult having to pay Burrow, Higgins, and then Jamar Chase. That is quite the uh, game of Jenga. I don't envy them, and, and it, it is a tall task, and I think that might be why it's driving David me out. David Dennis Jr. Yeah, the, the contract seems more about a logistical fit in all these players and then an actual contract dispute. This stuff would, would Burrow 
trying to play now. It's about trying to get this guy healthy. He didn't play in the preseason. He never plays in the preseason due, due to a whole lot of extenuating circumstances um, through the first uh, part of his career. But in terms of the original question about how far this Bengals team can go, it's about the reason Joe Burrow uh, strained that calf in the first place. It was running from pressure. And the uh, Achilles heel from this Bengals squad has always been the offensive line. They invest in Orlando Brown and what they can do to protect him. That's going to determine how far they go just as much as, uh, you know, his health and the rest of that squad. Miles Garrett will be coming for him week one. So, Mina, you, you tease us a little bit. Give me something. 11 days out. He's got his first practice now. Expectations should be exactly what it was before the injury for Cincy and Burroughs specifically. I think in the long term he's fine, but week one I am concerned about his mobility. That is a big part of his game, and this Browns defensive line was rebuilt this offseason to add talent around Miles Garrett, who's one of the best two or three pass rushers in football. So I'm, I'd be a little bit nervous about Joe moving around week one. Take a break here by yourself. He's running for his life. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Trey Lance, first remarks as a cowboy. When I heard cowboys, you know, I had a big smile on my face. You know, it's, it's not how I expected it to go. It's not how I think, you know, a lot of people expected it to go. Uh, but, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason. It's, it's been awesome for me. It's been fun, you know, kind of a breath of fresh air to, to learn a new offense. Every buy or sell happens for a reason, national panel. Mina, how'd you hear Trey Lance there, the cowboy? I'm glad he's happy because if I was him, I would not be thrilled with this destination. I don't think there's a clear path to him either starting, competing for a job in Dallas, or even getting the reps he so desperately needs. I saw this trade on Dallas's part as them simply taking a flyer on a prospect. Heck, if Dak Prescott were to get injured this season, I'm not even sure Trey Lance would be his backup. I think Cooper Rush would probably play. So feels like a long shot for Lance to get back on track there. All these fun conversations. Is Dak's job in jeopardy? And all, all that. <laughs> okay. I won't even, I won't even ask you. I'll just put it out there. Hypothetical. David Dennis Jr., how about you? I want to say something that we have rarely heard, that the Dallas Cowboys 
quarterback position that uh, Trey Lance is about to take is a low pressure situation. That instead of trying to compete for first, uh, for you know, to start for that 49 squad, now he there's really no chance that he's going to be starting uh, meaningful games with that that team. He can kind of relax and trying to find where he is as a quarterback, where he is on, as as a second stringer, and maybe find a new destination going forward uh, beyond this. But in terms of him starting. If there's, a, if there's a situation where Trey Lance is starting for this Cowboys team this season, something that's going terribly wrong for this Cowboys season. Is Rugutier. I feel better about sort of kicking up the conspiracy theories and hoping he'd be a starter here if he didn't just lose out to Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold in San Francisco. What I will buy is maybe that he feels refreshed being out from under the Kyle Shanahan offense, maybe seeing an offense that might be more suited to his strengths perhaps, but that's pretty much the only good sign I would take out of it. Frank Isola. Yeah, he's wearing a different uniform. He's still the guy that was traded for three first-round picks. He was the heir apparent. And to Izzy's point, look who beat him out for the job. So you hope it works out for him. It's probably not going to be with the Cowboys. But to think that Dak Prescott is somehow in some trouble, give me a break. He's not in trouble. We'll move on. Buy or sell two, USA 110, Jordan 62. So... 3-0 3-0 in this part of the group stage of the World Cup, barely breaking a sweat. Montenegro is Friday, Lithuania Sunday. Anthony Edwards, quote, we got a great chance to win. Our confidence is at an all-time <laughs> high. We're not really worried about those guys, end quote. David, buy or sell saying you're all-time confident and not worried about those guys in the middle of a tournament. Uh, I'm going to buy for Anthony Edwards. When is his confidence not at an all-time high? It's Anthony Edwards. You've heard all the things he said so far. I think he's mostly right about not having a lot of competition up until they get to that semifinal round because I'm telling you, they can beat all these teams by 40, 50 points. When they go against Shea Gilders-Alexander and that Canada team, they're going to have more than they bargained for. That is going to be the uphill battle that Team USA really has to worry about. Yeah, I'm selling it because it's Anthony Edwards, and he probably should have given us score differentials of all the games, not just prediction that he's going to win it all. He is that much of a fun trash talker. But I'm agreeing with David here. This sets up to be a U.S.-Canada showdown, and if that doesn't happen, it will be wildly disappointing. Frank Isola. Yeah, 60-year-old Michael Jordan would have given the U.S. a tougher game today than the country of Jordan. (laughs) Spain, Canada. And, of course, don't forget about Slovenia with Luka Doncic, so that could be trouble down the road. They play Montenegro on Friday. They should cruise through that as well. Mina Kimes. Yeah, thus far, the only NBA player they faced is Thanasis Antetokounmpo on Greece. No disrespect to Thanasis, but it hasn't been the hardest road for Team USA. It is about to get a lot harder. I think Anthony Edwards probably knows that and just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting anybody biting on that one. Well, let's try this one out. <laughs> Buyers L3. A new report from the NBA today. I want to see if it raises an eyebrow. Referee Eric Lewis is retiring. And since he is retiring, the league is ending its investigation into him over his alleged use of a Twitter burner account where a user was defending Eric Lewis and other NBA referees. There's a league rule about referees speaking about refing matters. Frank, how does retirement means investigation is over strike you? Yeah, clearly the best option for Eric Lewis in the league. I feel badly for Eric Lewis. I think he's a good guy. He's a good rep. He had a burner account. He's not criticizing other refs or criticizing the league. How did they even find this nonsense? He did it. He did something which was silly. It's sad that he had to retire a little bit earlier than he probably he's wanted. Gutierrez? 
Well, here's the thing. If you're a referee, doing anything in the shadows is considered wildly questionable. You have to be transparent, doing everything out in the open. And so perhaps with Eric Lewis, he didn't really see a path to recovering from this and still maybe not getting mocked or people just sort of digging into other areas. And it seems like maybe he just retired as a result. I hope it's that simple and on the surface and there's not something else that people can dig their uh, their claws into when it comes to conspiracy theories because it does seem like it can be that cut and dry. Precisely, but, but there could be theories people conspire about here is David Dennis Jr. that it just disappears no more investigation we don't need to get to the bottom of this anymore uh, let's talk about his actual burner account he followed five accounts one of them was his wife's basketball team he used his wife's maiden name <laughs> in his uh, you know in his title but something tells me that this isn't exactly a Watergate investigation that we're talking about here this guy's password was probably password I don't think there's much more to look at here <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Frank, how did they find him? Wow, this master criminal. Um, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I do think the league probably wanted to send a message about the rule that had nothing to do with the actual impact of the crime, so to speak, but with uh, discouraging other refs from breaking it. I don't know. People bet they're breaking down film right now of the number of times Kevin Durant and Eric Lewis were whispering on the sideline the secrets of the... Burner account trade. Uh, here's a burner for Mina Kimes and Frank Isola. David Dennis Jr.'s Ruth Gutierrez showdown next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. USMNT roster set for upcoming friendlies. The return of Coach Greg Berhalter. And it could have been the return of Gio Reyna, but he is not on roster yet, still recovering from a calf strain. Report from Vanity Fair that Berhalter and Reyna haven't even talked since the family feud, which led to the investigation and siling of Berhalter earlier this year. David, since school is back in session, how would you grade the communication here? Um, incomplete, not applicable. 